Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Michelle. Welcome to the Southern Ghost Experience. It's been quite some time since we have aired a new episode, and that's mostly because we've had a lot of life wonderfulness going on, and unfortunately, we could not focus on doing the podcast as much as we enjoy it. Um, Just to give you an example of the things that we went through, I recently got engaged back in July, and it's been a whirlwind ever since. And of course, Michelle, do you want to talk about what you've been up to? Yeah, I'm working on my uh, psychology degree, so that's eaten up a lot of my time. A lot of papers to write, a lot of studying, a lot of reading. And that's often what's going to get in the way, if anything. We still have a passion and joy for ghost hunting. So we're officially sorry to say that we ghosted you. However, we are back and we are going to be working on the podcast and timeline a bit differently than we did before. I think at first when we were excited and we had, um, you, you know, the hopeful time, we wanted to do episodes every other week. However, our adult lives uh, very much so are busy, but we're going to be coming up with a new process and hopefully that will lead to more consistent shows without putting the pressure on our time that we have to spend with our fiance, husband, our cats, our travel. Um, but we have so many things to go over and catch you up on. We're so excited. Is that right, Michelle? You want to tell them where we just got back from? So this past weekend, we went to Broken Bow, Oklahoma to the Broken Bow Asylum, and we did a group ghost hunt with several people, and although it was so much fun, I don't think that we got the quality that we were really wanting to put on the podcast, so we have a big event in March, and it's just going to be our little group, and we're going to have a full 48 hours to investigate the entire property by ourselves. Yeah, it was it was such a great experience that you and I, we got to go together, but also go with Trevor, my fiance as well. Uh, we have given him the new title of IT equipment manager slash he's going to have all sorts of titles. Let's just say that. I and mean, he's an incredible part of the team, although he's a lot more skeptical, um, which I am so grateful that we have that balance in our group. Um, he he cares. Like he actually wants to go and discover this himself. And he had his own mini experience while he was there. And he, I think he has ever since we've taken him ghost hunting, he's had his own experiences, but it's more so he can't find anything to rationalize it. So what he does is he just leaves it, leaves it as an open ended question of his experience. So, Last, this past weekend when we went to Broken Bow, um, we got to test out a lot of our new equipment, get an understanding of the grounds, which in March, as you mentioned, we will be going for those full 48 hours. We're going to have a whole timeline of things that we will be doing, um, hopeful interviews that will take place, and 
recorded footage that's not just audio, but also video. That's right. We're hoping to start a YouTube channel or something that we can show all of our video uh, instead of just being audio. So we are really looking forward to that. We tested out some of our cameras and in March, we're actually, this is going to be a really big production for us. This is a really big step up from what we had been doing. Um, we've mainly been focusing on just getting audio as evidence. And now we're kind of going into the video territory and I know nothing about all of that. So that is why it's so good to have Trevor coming in and helping us with all of that because he's like the tech wizard. Yeah, tech wizard. And we love him for that. Um, so here we are. We're going to be expanding our knowledge on how to do ghost hunting, um, not only just from videos and things that we've seen on YouTube, but also practicing it in our day-to-day -day life of of videoing and recording. So guys, the last time that we recorded a podcast was May the 24th. And on that podcast, we actually had a one of two part series about the Arlington Hotel. The first part was going over our interview with Candace and our uh, experiences at the hotel. And then we told you guys that our second part would cover the evidence and we never got around to posting that episode. So now without further ado, uh, our long awaited part two of the Arlington hotel. During our stay at the Arlington hotel, we recorded everything that we were doing. There was a lot of things to go through and for the most part, it was mostly just kind of garble. However, we found six clips from our entire stay that we thought that we'd like to share with you. So in clip number one, I asked, have you been to any of the bathhouses here? And what I heard was an answer that said three or four times. Sarah, what did you hear? So that night we asked a lot of questions and on top of the clips, we saw a ton of orbs that night. This was my first time experiencing orbs. So there was a lot of activity in the room itself. I know with shadows, um, things like, I really wish you could see the inside of the room. Next time, we're going to take photos and video of all the locations that we we go to because this is one thing. It's, it's vi visibly seeing it is so different than vocally explaining it. Um, so when we are in the room, we're sitting at the small little table inside the room and asking the questions at the table while we're looking towards the big uh, king size bedroom, the entrance of the door, as well as the bathroom. So we were seeing a lot of things in, in tandem with listening, with asking questions and hearing vocal clips. So yeah. 
let's um the, the what i heard it, very much so i can tell after listening to these clips i do hear certain things but this one i didn't hear as well so. okay we're gonna play the clip and tell us what y'all heard if you heard anything have you been to any of the bathhouses here the second clip that we have is in relation to the question of have you been to any of the bathhouses and I hear last night and it's a female's voice and the previous one that you heard now that I re-listened to it I do hear it say three or four times, and that's a masculine voice. So all I got from the clip was the word door. Um, if I slowed it down, I might be able to hear what you were saying, but I could only hear the word door. And I associate this with a conversation that we had prior to this recording, which was um, there's a door that was in our room that we couldn't open and we didn't know like what it was connected to, you know, we were trying to figure that out. And, you know, then you hear the word door. So I have no idea if that's kind of an overreach or what. So here's clip number two. So in clip number three, we asked the question, so your name was Sam? And you can hear, yes, yes. And it was a man's voice. Yeah, it was a masculine voice too, um, which we got a lot of answers. There have been times, like for instance, when we were at the Broken Bow Asylum this past weekend, we were asking a lot of questions, but we didn't get a lot of answers back. It was just mumbled, jar gar like jarbled garbage, I would say. Whereas here, we were asking questions and I felt it consistently gave us intelligent answers in return. Here is the third clip. This clip that we are going to listen to was quite interesting because we apparently got several different answers. So I think that really coincides with how we felt in that room where it wasn't just one presence. There was a lot of activity, um, a lot of different, what I would say, spirits interacting with us because we ask how old they are or he or she is. And we get a masculine voice saying 12 and several other voices chime in saying, I, I feel like one said four, I feel like one said six, six, not 66, six, six, ooh, creepy. And one other towards the end, um, and I, I'll wrap that up whenever we listen to the clip again, um, but you can hear a series of numbers. Uh, what did you hear, Michelle? So what I heard was the numbers 12, 60, and then when you asked, so you're 12, I heard at least. Tell us what you think about the fourth clip. 
So the fifth clip is super short, but that's really all we needed. Um, the question was asked, how many spirits are with us? And immediately you could hear the word seven. There's no doubts. Again, like this room I felt had a lot of energy. Uh, we attracted a lot of that energy as well. Even though we weren't staying in the Al Capone room, that floor was known to be very active. And one thing of note, you should really take a listen to the music choices that it goes through as well. It, it pans through because we noticed the same thing when we went to the Jefferson Hotel, especially speaking with possibly someone from Mexico or of Spanish descent. And because the same type of uh, this mariachi style music would play. And here I'm hearing the, the old 30s, 40s style music come through, maybe even earlier than that. Um, it has like that band feel. I don't know if you can hear it, but that is something that's very distinct to me. Anytime we use the ghost box due to that, uh, you can hear music preferences. At least that's what I would think. They're just dialing through, kind of trying to get uh, their music choices in. So here is that fifth clip. How many spirits are with us? So in this last clip, clip number six, um, there was a lot of garble mumbo jumbo going on. Um, this clip is a little longer and I heard a lot, but what I heard clearly was the word boss, pitcher, roadie, or rookie, batter, batter, but it was really fast. Well, there were a lot of baseball terms that I did hear. I specifically asked if they played for the Red Sox, and I'm not sure if the Red Sox were even a team yet um, from what I was reading. And I'll read from hotspringsbaseballtrail.com. It's specifically from their website. I'll just read a paragraph that says, the real cornerstone of Hot Springs niche in baseball history was in 1886 when Hall of Famer Cap Anson was the manager and first baseman of the Chicago White Stockings and brought his team south to prepare for the season, said Hot Springs native and resident Mike Dugan, Duggan, I don't want to mispronounce his wrong, name wrong, but um, Duggan is a member of the Society for American Baseball Research. He is the resident expert on the city's former connections to the national pastime. 
uh, sporting goods magnet A.G. Spalding owned the white stockings now known as the Chicago Cubs. He and Anson were working on a new way to get the team ready for the coming season. Anson had learned about our mineral waters there in Hot Springs and spas, and the reason he brought the team to Hot Springs was so they could boil out the alcoholic microbes in his hard-living players. So I'm sure that they were there at the Arlington Hotel, not just, not just, you know, exploring that town, but they were probably hardcore partying, partying in that space as well. So I believe we hear um, pitcher, I hear with courage when I ask if they played uh, with, with the Red Sox, but I said with courage, so I'm not sure if they if that really has relevance. But I also hear injury and I hear head. So I'm curious if that has to do with baseball or if that's something to do with Al Capone. Because in later in the previous clips that we listened to, it does say 12. There's a, someone who says they're 12 years old and Al Capone in his later years was known to have the intelligence level of a 12 year old just due to his declining health. So after doing some reading down on this page, one thing that I found on the hotspringsbaseballtrail.com website is something very interesting that may coincide with a clip that we did record. And says the Americans adopted the name Red Sox during the 1907 season. After two years, that's 1907 and 1908, of spring training in Little Rock, the Red Sox switched to Hot Springs. The Red Sox trained 13 springs there from 1909 through 1923. That led to the greatest baseball players of all time regularly coming to Hot Springs. The young, talented Red Sox Southpaw quickly embraced the town and all of its blessings and vices like no one before or since. 19-year-old George Herman Ruth was one year removed from St. Mary's Industrial School for Orphans, Delinquent, Encourageable, and Wayward Boys. It was 1915 he arrived in Hot Springs with his Red Sox teammates for spring training. He was a promising pitcher. So here we have, were we visited by Babe Ruth? That's a good question, considering we heard pitcher. Now that I know certain things, I wish we had, we had extra time to go back and revisit those conversations with these spirits. Here is the sixth clip. Hey, hey, hey. 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 H
said in the beginning of this episode, we weren't really sure when we started this podcast how well we would be able to keep up with once every two weeks kind of an episode. Um, We decided to do once a month. I think that that is going to fit our schedules a little better with life, work, school, hobbies, travel, you know, whatever. Uh, we, We are pretty busy. So, but Ghost hunting is like a super big part of our lives and and we love it. And, you know, we we love to share our stories and our content with you guys. And we love to ghost hunt. It is a joy and a pleasure and such an adventure for Michelle and I to go on these escapades together. So one thing that we promise you is that we will be a lot more communicative about any of our upcoming hindrances if we are not able to do any podcasting. However, our goal is to continue to bring you interesting Southern ghost stories that you may have never heard or haunts or locations that you can go visit and possibly do your own ghost hunting. Uh, Michelle and I would like to wish you all a happy Halloween. We hope that the coming years ahead, you will be able to experience a lot of these ghost hunting adventures with us. Um, And we look forward to sharing everything that we find in the future. If you have any stories that you would like to share with us, you can email us at southernghostxp at gmail.com. See y'all later.